Good morning. Merry Christmas. I hope you enjoy this holy time that we have prepared for you. We're stewards of this time, all of us. So I enjoy I invite you to enjoy, to pray, to sing, to be present in this holy Christmas service. As we worship today, there's opportunities for you to respond. One of them is through the welcome card. So if you're a visitor with us, a guest with us, please let us know you're here by filling that out and dropping it uh, on the operatory plate. Another opportunity for you to respond is through giving. And we have uh, envelopes uh, prepared for that too, so take advantage of that. In this time between Christmas and Epiphany, as we plan the worship, we were thinking about which which best which story to best focus on. And I led welcome for this service for three years. Maybe I'm in town that Sunday, but I don't know. I, I happen to be. And I usually tell the story about Epiphany in Brazil. And Epiphany in Brazil is wild. Okay, so Christmas starts the party. It is not done then. Starts the party. So. We have these men that wander around, knocking and begging, representing the wise men journeying and traveling, trying to find Jesus. So Epiphany for me growing up was always a crazy party. Now, here's why it's crazy good and crazy bad. If you didn't have money to give them, they would prank you. So it was a mix of... Halloween slash Christmas. So Epiphany today means the revelation, the manifestation of God to all. May you receive the gift. May you be present. May you appreciate and be grateful for it. Let us worship God. Oh, 
Pray with me. God, we enter this place to worship you and give praise to your name. All the things of the earth praise you, great and mighty God. And yet, you enter the world as a humble baby, totally dependent on others. As we reflect on the paradox of mighty God and humble baby, help us, God, to check our own selfish pride. Reveal to us ways in which we can be humbled in our own lives. God, we praise you for your mysterious nature and the ways you reveal yourself to us. Come now and be present with us here in this place. You may be seated. If you would allow me just a little bit of leeway this morning, those of you that know Randall know that I'm not Randall, so he's on vacation and I'm substituting for him. And as it might happen the first time in three years since I've lived here that I've got the creeping crud, okay? How many of y'all have the creeping crud this morning? That's one where it's, yeah, I see that hand. Give her a nickel. Uh, so I'm not singing too well. I will depend on you to do the singing, and Aaron will be playing the violin, and we'll allow Guillermo to play the piano, thanks to them. Thank you for being here this morning for this very special time of the year. Let's continue our singing with We Three Kings.
children to join me in the front for the children's message. just sung a song about the wise men who followed a star to find Jesus. And today I brought in an ornament that hung at the top of my Christmas tree this year. It's a star ornament. Did you have a star ornament on your tree or a star topper on your tree? Anybody? A couple of us did. So this star, the star of Bethlehem, has many points just like this one. And this star is a symbol of the one in the sky that the wise men followed on that night to find Jesus and to worship him. When they saw this star, the Bible tells us that they were overwhelmed with joy. They were so excited to get to worship Jesus and to meet him. Can you imagine being a wise man and being so excited to see this star and to meet Jesus that night? The wise men were so excited, and I wonder sometimes if we are excited to come and to worship Jesus too, that we would travel so far and follow a sign like this star. I wonder if we have that much joy when we come to worship Jesus. Just like the wise men, we can have that joy, and we can remember this star, and remember how excited worship can be in meeting Jesus. Okay? So when you see a star... On your tree or in the sky, I want you to remember the wise men. Okay? Will you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that we can come to worship you. Thank you that we can come before you and worship you at any time. When we are excited, when we're tired, and even when we're distracted, God. Give us an excitement to meet you today. Thank you for coming to earth as a child. In Jesus' name, amen.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth. Young men and women alike, old and young together. Let, Let them, them praise the name, name of the Lord. For his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure, treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt. The word of God. Thanks be to God.
morning. It's so good to see a group of people so close together in this room. Uh, If you are new to Calvary, we normally worship across the hallway in our sanctuary, but at this time of year, we have a lot of people in our church who are out of town, and so we like to have a more intimate space to worship in this space. This was actually the original sanctuary of Calvary, and this space is over 100 years old, and so it's a neat tradition to get together together in this space as well. Well, now, gracious God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this room as we end the year be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer and our Emmanuel. Amen. Well, every year, Google releases this video highlighting the top searches of the past year. I'm wondering how many of y'all have seen this video yet? A few of you. And so this year's video says that the most memorable moments of 2017 all began with a question. And this year, more than any other year, the world asked Google a three-letter word over and over and over again. They asked how. For instance, how to join the military, how to run for office, how to make a protest sign, how to be a good parent, how to be a firefighter. Those were the top questions asked in Google this year. Google also saw an influx of questions like, how do wildfires start? How far can North Korea's missiles go? How much will the wall cost? How many refugees are in the world? How do hurricanes form? How do you board up a window for a hurricane? How do I help flood victims? How can I help refugees? How can I help Houston, Syria, Las Vegas, Greenfield Tower, Puerto Rico, Venezuela's humanitarian crisis, Somalia's famine, Sierra Leone's mudslides? And then the top asked question, how do I watch the eclipse? It's this really powerful two-minute video that would be well worth your time watching on this last day of 2017. And as I reflected on it this weekend, it reminded me that although we have been in this season of living the questions at Advent and Christmas at Calvary, the world is living the questions 365 days a year because we're all searching for something, aren't we? And so today's text is about the wise men who were searching for something. They were searching for the Christ child in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, traditionally, we have been taught to believe a lot of things about the wise men that aren't necessarily true. So, for instance, how many of you have seen nativities this Christmas that have had the wise men at the manger where Jesus was born? Okay. Many of us. But Matthew tells us that Jesus was actually a child when they came, and that they came to see him in a house and not in the manger. And then we sang just moments ago that there were three kings who visited the Christ child, but we really don't know how many of them there actually were. We know that they came with three gifts, but that doesn't really mean that there were three of them. And they also weren't exactly kings either. Magi were known to be skilled in astronomy and interpreting dreams, fortune-telling, and magic. And most biblical scholars agree that the Magi were astrologers. 
They would have also been really educated and very wealthy, and so you can see why we would associate them with kings. Magi were highly respected in their Gentile culture, and they were considered to be upper-class citizens and spiritual leaders in their community. Interestingly enough, they were really the exact opposite of the shepherds who visit Jesus in Luke's gospel, who were considered to be complete outcasts and the absolute low of the low in society. Another interesting fact is that we don't know that the wise men were all men. Now, I'm sure you've heard that joke that if there had been three wise women, then they would have asked directions, they would have arrived on time, they would have helped to deliver the baby, swept the scent stable, made a casserole, and brought some more practical gifts. And, and that's a funny joke. But a recent scholar believes that women actually could have been among the magi that we read about in Matthew's Gospel. Because in the Middle East, it would have been inconceivable for men to be in the presence of a woman without other women being there, too. But the phrase, the child and his mother, is used five times in Matthew 2. But we don't hear anything about Joseph being there with them. Joseph isn't present in this part of the story at all. And so it would have been very abnormal for all male magi to visit Mary without any other women and without her husband present. So it's not at all out of the question that at least some of the magi present actually could have been women. So there are obviously lots of things that we don't know about the magi. Matthew leaves some things ambiguous for us, but what he does make clear is what they did. And the magi noticed a star, and somehow they knew that the star represented the child who had been born king of the Jews. But not only did they notice the star, but they decided to follow it. One scholar writes, they were doing more than just trying to solve an astrological problem or answer a question of science. The magi were sincerely seeking the truth. They were genuinely looking for the divine one who was born under such a special star. They were seeking the intervention of God as they understood God to work in the world. It's interesting that in many of the gospel stories, it's actually Jesus who is going out and doing the seeking. Like Luke's gospel reminds us, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we read about Jesus seeking out the disciples to come follow him as they are casting their nets, fishing one day in the Sea of Galilee. Or we read about Jesus going and finding Zacchaeus up in a tree. Or Jesus seeking the woman who had touched his clothes so that he could heal her. Jesus teaches stories about shepherds searching for their lost sheep, about the widow seeking her lost coin and the lost son coming home. And even after Jesus' resurrection, he seeks out the disciples who are hiding out of fear in the upper room. And it's a good reminder for us, as we find ourselves at the end of 2017, that Jesus isn't very far away. No matter where we find ourselves as we end this year, Jesus will go to whatever lengths he can to find us, even when we feel a long, long way from home. But in Matthew's story, the Magi are actually the ones who ask, where is the child? And the Magi are the ones who go searching for Jesus. Now, they initially come to Jerusalem, and they are surprised when they don't find Jesus there. 
But Herod discovers that Jesus has been born in Bethlehem, so he sends the Magi there instead, giving them these strict instructions to come back and to tell him exactly where the child is. And they continue to follow the star until it stops right over the place where Jesus is. And then the text says that they are overwhelmed with joy, and they immediately bow down and worship him. It's a scene that I would imagine many of us have been so conditioned to hearing about that we don't allow ourselves to fully realize how significant it is. You see, there is one more detail that may be the most important for us to know about the Magi, and that's where they are from. They are from the East which is a big deal because Matthew is actually written for a Western audience. Matthew is often known as the gospel for the Jews, and it's written to convince the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah that they had heard about in the Old Testament. And yet the very first people in Matthew's gospel to recognize Jesus as divine and to worship Jesus are not Jews, and they're not even Jesus' closest followers, but they're the Magi. They're these pagan astrologers from the east. And it would have absolutely caught those original readers off guard. And even today, it shows us just how far God reaches to ensure that Christ's birth is truly good news that will be for all people, as the angels tell the shepherds in Luke's gospel. These magi, these elite men and or women who are astrologers from a completely different culture and a completely different religion all the way over in the east, bow down and worship the child. And it's all because they followed a star, and it led them to Jesus. I mean, from the outside looking in, this story may seem completely crazy. But then again, following after Jesus is never logical. It's never comfortable and never really normal, is it? And it changed the Magi so much that they decide to go home by another way, completely going against Herod's instructions to them. And when you and I encounter Jesus, we can't help but to be changed too. Encountering Jesus takes us on these journeys that we never would have traveled otherwise. It changes us in a way that gives us courage to travel down less traveled roads, and in a way that from the outside looking in, no one else could ever really understand. I love how Pastor Brett Younger said it in a devotion he wrote a few years ago that has always stuck with me. He says, is the one who follows a star foolish, or are the many who remain in darkness? Are we courageous enough to seek God? Are we willing to relinquish our sense of control and to go where Jesus leads? Can we rise to a new sense of adventure, forsake our cozy boundaries, and seek Christ? We do not just believe in Jesus. He says we follow Jesus. Christ takes us places that we never would have gone without his leading. But we have a desert to travel, a star to discover, and a life to be found. And so may we, like the Magi, be brave enough to follow wherever our questions lead us in 2018. May we search relentlessly for Christ and pay attention to the ways in which God is still breaking into our world, even 2,000 years later. And may following Christ in the new year take us on unexpected journeys that we never would have traveled otherwise. And so, God, I ask 
in this space, that you would help us to know the, the journeys that you are calling us to travel in the new year. God, give us eyes to see the ways that you are breaking into the world around us. And give us courage to follow in the ways that you are leading us. Even when it's uncomfortable, even when it goes against the crowd, and even when we don't know what's coming next. God, you are our Emmanuel, God, with us. And may we have the courage to be people who journey with you in the new year. Amen. Well, we began today acknowledging that everybody is searching for something. And I can't help but wonder if ultimately it's Jesus who we are all searching for, even if we don't have the words to say it or even if we don't really understand it. And this is the season in the church when we celebrate that God broke into our world as a baby to be with us, to be our Emmanuel. And if you'd like to talk with someone more about what it means to follow Jesus, that is a conversation we would love to have with you today. And we'll visit in the back of the chapel like we normally would in the back of the sanctuary. Or maybe you are wondering what it would be like to join our community of faith at Calvary. I think we have shown this Advent and Christmas that no question is off limits here. And in times of darkness and lights and everything in between, we seek to follow Christ together on our journeys. And we would love to welcome you into our church family today. And so however God leads you to respond, some of our ministers will be in the back of the chapel, ready to receive you and to pray with you as we continue in worship.
pray with me. Heavenly Father, just as the Magi came to Jesus and offered gifts, at this time we offer gifts to you. Please bless what we give, and let it go toward the good works, and that those blessings come back to us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
David Lentz just came up to me and he said, how cool is it that 103 years ago people stood in this place and worshipped and that we can continue that today. So thanks for sharing that, David. Thanks also those who have led us in worship today, particularly Elaine Surrey and Erin Tang. I love that you continue to come back from school each year and share your talents with us. And Erin's out of school, getting ready for the next chapter. Thank you. holiday schedule. Uh, the office will be closed tomorrow. We won't have our regular Wednesday night activities this week, but next Sunday everything will resume as normal and we are excited about starting the new year with you. So would you please stand and join me in this benediction. May the God who gave us this year and the Savior who walked at our side each day and may the Spirit who filled us with life abundantly grace our coming year with peace and hope and joy and love. Amen.